Welcome back to the Nest College Football Podcast. My name is Chris, and we got... Tony! This is episode 22. We are recapping the national championship. We got some Temple Talk, and then we have a special announcement somewhere randomly during the show, so you must listen to find out what that is, where the show is going to transition to, now that the college football season is over. So, keep in my, uh, keep an ear out for the rest of the show. But first, before we hit the intro song, we have an ad. We're going to shout out our ad is by Lilker Associates uh, in New York City. Uh, if you know any major uh, Billy's Corporation, any HVAC or uh, fire extinguishing exit stuff, Go to Lilker Associates. You could find them on the internet. Uh, thanks to Lilker Associates for sponsoring this episode. Uh, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at the Nest CFB. That is the Nest C as in college, F as in foot, B as in ball on Twitter. Hit it with the intro song. National Championship Recap, LSU, Louisiana State University, the Tigers are national champions. Tony, what's your thoughts on the game? Let me hear it. It was a great game. Um, You know, the better team, I think, won that night. And uh, to begin the game, Clemson kind of had the game the way they wanted it. They just couldn't maintain that. And, uh, you know, Joe Burrow... Began to hit some throws, and and, uh, Trevor Lawrence just wasn't championship-esque last night. And uh, Last night? Or not last night, Monday (laughs) night. Yeah, speaking of last night, it kind of stinks that we're doing this recap uh, uh, almost a full six days later, which we will change that next year and do another, do like a, a Tuesday night or a Monday night reaction of the game. But, um yeah, it was a uh, all LSU in the second half. Uh, I mean, they in the second quarter all the way through the second half, and I mean the first quarter was great. The first quarter was close. It was tight, especially the first four series was thrilling. Heavy defense, uh, and then the game uh, took off. But um, Trevor Lawrence, no touchdowns. A 65.6 QB rating, which who the hell knows how that's calculated. Nobody knows to this day how it's still calculated. But 18 of 37 for Trevor, only 234 yards, uh, zero touchdowns. This was, and on, on on his feet here and for 49 yards, this was not a great game for Trevor Lawrence at all. But on the other hand, Joe Burrow showed why he was the Heisman Trophy winner. The greatest yeah. player, the greatest quarterback. When was the last time a Heisman Trophy winner won a national championship? Do you know? They had a uh, graphic on Monday, I think Jameis Winston. Was it Jameis? Maybe before that was Mark Ingram? In 2014, um... I think it was Jameis who was the last one to win the Heisman and National Championship. Yeah, rarely are in the same year. 
Yes. Rarely does it happen. Rarely do you see the Heisman Trophy winner. Usually it's the runner-up getting the um, revenge in the game. But not at all here. Joe clearly showed why he was the greatest, the the best player in college football all year on the best team all year. I'm going to go down and say best team of the decade and potentially, I'll say it, Greatest game, greatest team of all time. Now, which decade are you talking about? Talking about 19? Both. 10 through 19 or 20 through? Both. You're just going to, here's LSU's, they haven't watched the next 10 years. The next nine years, doesn't matter. They already got it. Best team of all time. Nobody else. Seven, we said, I said it would happen uh, last episode. Seven wins against top 10 teams. In the country, sorry, top nine teams in the country, seven and zero. Nobody else has done that, and then yep. one, it capped it off with the national championship, greatest team of all time. Well, I mean, I you know to play devil's advocate, I'm not exactly disagreeing with you, but I mean, there's been some great teams. I wouldn't mind seeing a uh, uh, one of those Saban championship teams this past decade, or uh, a, you need a team that can control the clock with the running game, so. You know, Saban's had plenty of great running backs here this decade. I would even look at a uh, Auburn team that you know they could run at you in so many different ways. Like I when they had Cam Newton, um, you need a guy or you need an offense to control the clock because LSU's offense um, just was dominant this year. And uh, but just for fun, I you know LSU had a great year, and and uh, it's, it's a fun debate to say the greatest team, not just this decade, maybe all time. I. I think this is an all-time. Uh, Joe Burrow, 463 passing yards, five throwing TDs, plus one on the ground, six touchdowns. And, uh, I mean, he, he was electric. Yeah. He was electric. Is that now? Is that now? That's the dog. She's uh, Yeah, she's our special guest um, awesome. for, the, for the show. She is downstairs uh, just saying hi to all the, uh, the fans. Gotta for the listeners. It. Yes. But what, let's talk about some of the fun stuff after the game, which unfortunately got a lot more tension than maybe it should have. Of course. Uh, Odell Beckham. OBJ. Was, was one guy who uh, not only handing out real cash on the field to players. Potentially fake cash. Also, wait, before we get into what he did, how did he do in the game? I mean, he was, uh, was how many touchdowns did he have in the game? I, I, I would tell you, uh, with fan energy, he was a 10 out of 10. Fan energy, yeah, uh, yes, you could call it that. You could also, uh, you would have made it. You would have thought that he was uh, playing in the game, the way he was acting, and that he won the national championship. I get it as an alumni; it's great, but there was alumni on both sidelines. Um, he was not the only alumni, but he's the only alumni you heard of. Uh, yes, of his caliber of uh, stardom, but. You have it every national championship game. There is always the alumni, famous alumni on the sidelines. But never to the magnitude that OBJ made this all about himself. I'm a, I'm a Giants fan. He is a former Giant, and I loved him on the Giants. But uh, after this weekend, I am not a fan of Odell Beckham Jr. He... Could not have taken this entire 
night and made it more about himself than he did. Yeah, I mean, and, and the headlines kept getting worse throughout the week. Oh my gosh, they just kept piling on. The yeah. handing out the cash, then Joe Burrow said in an interview that it was confirmed it was real cash after LSU saying no, it was fake cash. Uh, allegedly confirmed it was real. He said it, he got real cash. But o, OBJ was p- potentially only handing out the cash to people who either declared for the draft or guys who are declaring for the draft or who are no longer student-athletes anymore. Um, I mean, and then after the cash, then you got him in the in the locker room while Coach O is announcing to the team, and then he interrupts Coach O uh, after the game in his post-game speech. And then after that, you got you got the classic, it looks like LSU, I mean, uh, Alabama-Auburn game. They're smoking stogies in the locker room. And Co- uh, Joe Burrow couldn't have looked more like, like he just was king of the world smoking his stogie in the in the locker room. And... And then he got a cop trying to get on some other players who maybe did not have some white privilege like Joe Burrow did. Uh, maybe some racial profiling going on. I'm just speculating. Speculating what people are saying online. Okay, don't attack. But um, then you got OBJ slapping the ass of some cops in the locker room. Yeah. And the, the best part of it all was OBJ was seen hugging multiple people telling them to come get him at at this game yeah he was just whispering to everybody come get me and a lot of people didn't understand him he just wants that bad off the browns he does that on nfl games i didn't see i didn't see anything him doing it at this game well he hugged the cop and said come get me (laughs) he's doing it to everyone Everybody just said, come get me. He goes, Coach O, come get me. Come get me. Bring me back to college. Come. Maybe that's why they sent out the warrant was, hey, cops, come get me. Get me out of Cleveland. Anything. Exactly. Get me a warrant out for my arrest that I could get out of Ohio. Bring me down to Louisiana. Exactly. If I'm in jail, I can't play for the Browns. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why the warrant's out. And then they were like, and then they saw all his antics, and then they dropped the warrant as of, like, uh, yesterday or two days ago and said, you know what, actually, Odell, your punishment is going to be better off staying in Cleveland longer. We don't want you in Louisiana. Yeah. You already played for the Browns. You got it bad enough. Don't worry about coming to jail. Breaking news. Clock hits zero. Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. 35-24. They are um, St. Louis's adopted team, so I'm very excited. You know, um, Travis Ke- Travis Kelsey and Mahomes supported my St. Louis Blues this past run for the Stanley Cup, so I'm supporting the Chiefs. Is that no your new Chiefs. team? Well, the Dolphins are my team, but oh, okay, Chiefs, okay. Because I mean, Chiefs get a load of this: the closest, the two closest NFL teams to Cape Girardeau, Missouri, just played in the AFC Championship. That's a little fun fact there. Yeah. I like that. Tennessee Titans in Nashville and Kansas City Chiefs. There you go. And Cape Girardeau is pretty split between either uh, Titans fans or Chiefs fans. It is, it is. Meanwhile, St. Louis just doesn't care about the NFL anymore. 
Well, they, yeah, the, the owner wanted out. He makes more money out in L.A., but that's, that's another... Uh, I don't blame another... him. I don't blame him. But uh, any any uh, other recaps you got on the uh, national championship? Um, you, you know, I, I will say, and I think you'll like this debate. I was watching uh, PTI on ESPN, and um, they had Steve Young as the guest, and he kind of took a, uh interesting spin on the whole Joe Burrow... You know, smoking and and wherever he was, locker and wherever he was at, and uh, kind of took the anti-fun part of that. He said, "Hey, you need to have a better look if you're going to be the face of a franchise." Assuming Cincinnati takes him, which you know most likely they will. What that he shouldn't be smoking in the locker room? Yeah, he shouldn't be smoking and all this. You know, he's oh my gosh, what a. it, yeah, it's what a, a terrible it's take. What a cold take. Very cold take. And, I hate I mean, it. I, I, you know, the last thing you want fans in Cincinnati maybe to see is, you know, somebody inhaling smoke. Uh, but at the same time, you just want a championship, having fun with his teammates, coaches. And it's, a, it's kind of a cool side to see. Yes. Uh, I mean, but, you see you know, it. Alabama, Auburn game every year. Um, speaking of Alabama Auburn, I think um, this game would have been a lot better if it was LSU Alabama, even with Max well, Jones. Yeah, I, I disagree. I think uh, the Tua. I think Tua makes the difference, and and uh, even maybe with I, I mean, yeah, it would have been a great game with Tua. I still think it would have been a a better game than this Clemson game with um, if it was still Alabama LSU. That was their closest game this year. LSU's closest game was the Alabama game. Yeah, and and was that play that was played in Baton Rouge, right? Or yes. Was that played? Uh, yeah, so. Don't quote me. I can't remember. Well, we'll get uh, get our stat team on that. Um, I think they're out for today, but oh, out, yeah, I think they, I think they they headed out early to go watch the NFL. But uh, um, they, they work they work for a good uh, good business here, though. That's nice of us to let them out. Speaking of what would have been a better matchup. You know, what would have been a better quarterback matchup in this game was literally any other quarterback in the FBS. Statistically, Trevor Lawrence had the worst performance of any FBS quarterback all season long. All season long. He had 17 overthrows this game. 1-7. The previous high of any quarterback in the FBS all season long was 13. And Trevor Lawrence's previous high was 5. He was abysmal. Absolutely terrible. Any other quarterback would have been a better matchup to put in for Clemson. Kelly Bryant. Um, Mac Jones. Justin Fields, Tate Martell, literally any other quarterback would have been a better, had a better performance than Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I, you're, you're you're hating on Trevor Lawrence. I mean, no, because I, that was so bad. The game, uh, if we're going back to the game, um, it was over. There was no game in the fourth quarter, at all. 45, 42 to twenty five was the end of the game. Well, I mean, the, de- the the Clemson defense can stop somebody too. That I mean, when when they have to make up points, you're going to throw it more. And 
I mean, Lawrence, he, the one thing that flares to me, the 17 overthrows, yeah, I get that. But his average, think, look at his average. Out of 18 passes, his average. He completed 18 passes, Tony. Exactly. 6.3 yards per throw. Exactly. That That's the one that. Um, that, the. Those are those are glaring, but the big, like eyeball, like that makes your eyes pop is seventeen overthrows. That's that's one less than his completed passes. Tony, he I, I completed eight. Joe Burrow completed thirty-one, which Trevor only threw thirty-seven, but he completed eighteen. I, I I get you, and we could say, we could talk about one night where Lawrence wasn't on, but I mean we could easily. I'm not it. saying forever. I'm saying just this one night, any other quarterback would have made this, any other quarterback would have made this game more, uh, would have been more interesting. Yeah, and we and we know what Dabo would say. We ride and die with Lawrence. I mean, you look at his national championship victory. A year ago against Alabama, look at those statistics, and, and they blow you, you blow your mind. Just you know, Monday night wasn't his night, and uh, this season wasn't his season either. Really, like if you look about the B, we got the Trevor. I mean, he didn't throw any interceptions. He did run for one touchdown, but um, so did Travis Etienne and T Higgins. But that's it. That, that that's pretty much it, and it's. Uh, it, it was all LSU. The 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 second from the second quarter on. It was, I mean, I yeah. wish it was a little closer. And when I say a little closer, Alabama LSU would have been a better national championship. Ohio State LSU would have been a better national championship. We would have had a oh, better. I, that would have been a better national championship. But I think if you wanted to see it come down to the final possession, LSU Alabama. That's what I'm saying. It was. I, I say I say Ohio State. It would have been cool to see with Chase Young to get pressure on Joe Burrow. Um, that, yes. that would have been, that would have been more attractive for me. Uh, I'm not gonna bash Lawrence. I mean, he had one bad night, and we you got to give credit to LSU um, offensively and defensively just for putting the pressure on on that offense to make these throws. And uh, I'll be interested to see how many drops. I don't know if you had that statistic on you. I do not. But how many drops there were for Lawrence. And um, not making excuses. You know, 17 overthrows, that means you're definitely not on. But um, he's got his big year coming up. Um, hopefully he gets his spotlight and, and can can uh, make his money next year. Presumably he will be the number one pick regarding maybe there's another guy that comes out just like Burrow did but right now on paper he's your number one pick for next year. So. Yeah, I'm still going to I I'm the Alabama LSU game was a 5 point game, 46 to 41. That was the closest game LSU played all season. The next closest was that Texas team, 45 to 38. So they, that's that was I mean, those are the two closest games they've played all year. So I'm I'm gonna ride. Oh, sorry. The the Auburn game was closer, twenty three to twenty, and then Alabama was was the second closest. So I'd still say Alabama was uh, the would have been a would a better game. And I think if they were in it, it would have been. But it's a start. Expand the playoff. I'm just gonna say that I'm not. We're not gonna debate that. We could debate that in the off season, but. Um, yeah. 
I'm just gonna say expand the playoff. But and it looks it looks like the LSU game was uh, at Alabama too. So LSU did beat Alabama at in uh, Tuscaloosa. Yep, and Auburn was at LSU. Yeah. So, but I mean that's I mean I got nothing else on the national championship game. Do you got anything I, I think else? It was, I think it was a great game, and uh, LSU. I, I think we both can agree that the champion, the best team won this year. The best year. team won, hands and down. That's, that's what you kind of want to see, unless uh, there's some really good story out there. But uh, overall, you always want to see the team that's been there or close to being number one all year to to do it, and and that's what this year was all about. Of course, and um, before we head into our next segment, we're gonna hit you with. Um, ESPN's uh, Mark Schlavach's Way Too Early 2020 Top 25. And uh, I'm just going to run through and you tell me if anything uh, catches you by surprise. Number one, Clemson. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Alabama. Number four, LSU. Number five, Oregon. Interrupt me if you have any uh, surprises. Oh, yeah. Makes sense so far. Uh, Oregon, I will say Oregon's a little surprising just because of uh, who, who replaces Herbert, but I, I don't know their recruiting class and what, what they got. So um, Apparently, redshirt freshman Tyler Shaw will be replacing him. He threw for 145 yards and three touchdowns in five games this season. He will battle out with Kale Millen, incoming four-star uh, signee. Uh, and, oh, we'll battle with freshman Kale Millen and a four-star incoming uh, freshman Jay Butterfield. So they have a three, a three-quarterback battle for Oregon. So that's typically not a top five team's recipe to have a three-quarterback battle. But I mean, there's we'll three good quarterbacks too. So who knows? Then you got number six Georgia, number seven Florida, number eight Oklahoma, number nine Penn State, number ten Notre Dame, number eleven Texas A&M. Ooh. That's the surprise that caught me right there. Jimbo, I heard, I read something about them today that there's a uh, five-star running back that uh, isn't signed yet, and he is leaning towards going to A and M. Wow, so that that could be their eleven right now predicted, but they could easily come up maybe to the top higher. ten. Number twelve, yep. Auburn. Number thirteen, Oklahoma State. I love that. I love that, Mike Gundy. Number fourteen, Wisconsin. Number fifteen, Michigan. Number 16, Iowa State. Number 17, Cincinnati. 18, Boise State. 19, Minnesota. 20, Baylor. 21, Memphis. Nala is a fan of that Baylor-Memphis ranking. 22, North Carolina. 23, Iowa. 24, Texas. 25, Tennessee. Wow. Yep, that's the way too early. Top 25. That is, I, the thing that I take away from there, you have n- not really much of a surprise. you got your powerhouse programs, but how about the Big 12? they got four teams in there. And then uh, how about Tennessee sneaking in? Who would If you would have told me when they were 1-4, and four, they, they reel off to get eight wins and now predicted to be number 25 when, it all, when it's all said and done. What, what a story for them. Yep, we'll see uh, how this shakes out when uh, preseason rolls around. But um, that's about it for the national landscape. We're going to move on to Temple Talk.
Temple Talk, here we go. We got another major transfer. QB2, Todd Santeo, enters the transfer portal. He tweeted out on, uh, what was it, Wednesday, I believe. I have entered the transfer portal. I graduate in May with two years of eligibility, trying to maximize my potential. Just trying to put my head down and work on January 14th, 2020 at 1.22 p.m. I quote tweeted it from our Nest Football, the Nest CFB Twitter account, and he liked and favorited it. That was on Tuesday, I believe, actually. Now that I think about it, I was in the BMV. Um, yes, uh, yeah, he quote tweeted, he tweet, retweeted it and liked our tweet, so shout out to Todd. Good luck, good luck to him as he uh, heads out to uh, wherever he goes. He said, I feel like Temple molded me and made me a way better player. And I think the next step, and I think the next step in my development was to be a starter. I love the whole team and the brotherhood on the team. Whatever is said about how close everybody is at Temple is true. And it wasn't an easy decision. Direct quote from Todd. Uh, this is his, uh, the Inquirer, the Philadelphia Inquirer had an interview with him on it, and uh, he answered some questions. So um, I had predicted that uh, Todd being here in his senior year starting would be awesome, but uh, that won't be happening at all. Um, next up is in the is going to be our guy, Trad Beatty. Big-time guy. He's a big, tall guy. He reminds me of Simo's um, quarterback. Jigabooey? Yes. Very similar. I would put Jigabooey, Trad Beatty. Very similar guys. Maybe because they're both uh, third stringers, but they're both like six foot five plus, and they got some uh, – they, they, they just – they're very similar body style, body types. So – Trad Beatty, and then we have uh, incoming freshman Matthew Duncan. So it'll be, uh, and there's a couple other guys, a walk-on, Matt Vitale, um, and uh, and another uh, Bonner Stewart on the on the squad. So Todd gone, Russo's got another year, uh, his senior year. So it'll be uh, interesting how this all plays out. Any thoughts on Todd Santeo uh, heading out? Yeah, I mean, we talked about him several weeks and we were pretty high i mean we talked pretty highly of him and he was part of the puzzle for the future of temple and to me it's a little it's a little bittersweet you, you of course you get what he's doing he's trying to find a, a position to where he can play immediately and, and get his time because he wasn't going to get his time here at temple but uh a little bittersweet i think um you hope the best for him but, um, you know, I, I thought he had potential, and we had packages for him to, to come out and, and, and show what he can do. And he had some moments this year where he did look great. But uh, a little bittersweet. Yep, I would uh, have to say so myself as well. Um, it'd be interesting to see where he lands. He is from Florida. So he's looking for a starting job for his – he's got two years of eligibility. He graduated with his degree in communications, and he's looking to become a sport analyst in, in his future. 
but after his, his football days are over, um, so it'll be interesting. Does he move closer down south and uh, maybe somewhere in Florida, maybe an FAU? Um, I don't see him making the jump to Power 5. Uh, I see him somewhere in maybe the American, uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, UCF or... FIU, um, Florida National. Yeah, FIU, FAU, maybe somewhere in Florida. I'm going to speculate right now. He's going to maybe head back to Florida. Um, who knows? But we'll see how that plays out. He's six foot tall, 210 pounder. Um, and it's just speculation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're speculating. Where's where he going to land? I think he's just, we don't, we yeah. don't know. We're just speculating. Yeah, speculation. That's what we're about spec- here. Uh, we're going to give a, we'll give a quick update on the 2020 transfer portal, guys. Um, it looks like Kenny Yaboa will be going to Ole Miss. Ooh, Lane Kiffin action. According to 247sports.com, Owls Daily says he is going to Ole Miss. Wow. But in the prediction, we had it 100% predicted to Baylor. Now his Baylor is 67%, and then it says 33%, but it doesn't have a logo above it. But then if you go to the transfer, it shows him transferring to Ole Miss. Um, and that he's, obviously, we said he's immediately eligible. Um, let's do a quick uh, Google search. If you do Kenny Yaboa Ole Miss, what comes up with uh, Kenny Yaboa Ole Miss? Um, Ole Miss lands commitment from... Temple, yeah, two days ago. He will be transferring to Ole Miss Rebels. Kenny Yaboa, SEC tight end now. Well, good luck to Kenny as he uh, will be transferring to Ole Miss. Then uh, next update is Quincy Roche. We said, we officially said he was going to go to Miami. He's still not made his official announcement. We are reporting he will be at Miami, University of Miami. South Beach, taking his talents. The prediction meter on 24-7 Sports, Owls Daily now has 50% Miami instead of 100%. The other, it just shows uh, the other 50%, no logo. So uh, draft. No, I don't know about the draft. I, I actually think he's going to go somewhere now. I'm, I'm leaning away from the draft. Um, uh, let's see where Quincy Roche, any other rumors... I saw he took a visit to Virginia Tech two days ago this past weekend. Um, so that's that's interesting as well. So ACC is looking like where he's going to land. Um, I'm still going to go with uh, – I'm still hold strong with Miami. The big connection with the uh, – he has a connection with the head strength and conditioning coach at Miami when his time at Temple. So um, I'm going to go with Miami still. Gotcha. So yeah, any anything else uh, you got on Temple Talk? No, no. I, like I said, the Tontantanio news was, uh, like I said, it was tough to hear because you always want QB depth, and he provided a solid, you know, QB number two. But that's exactly why he left. He wanted to be a QB one. So best of luck, to Todd, and uh, hopefully we hear some uh, news on him where he decides to go. Awesome. Well, let's head on into Simo Talk. Psych, we're actually going to announce we are transitioning to XFL Talk. 
This will be starting next episode. You thought college football season's over? NFL is about to be over once the Super Bowl comes up? But nope. Starting on February 8th, if I'm not mistaken. February 8th, the XFL starts. That Saturday, right after the Super Bowl, we will be seeing the new XFL resurgence. What will we be talking about? What will we be talking about? Well, we'll be talking about football, specifically college football. Who are the college football former stars? We're not going to tell you right now, but there are some former stars in this league. There's some former Temple players in this league, seven of them to be exact. We're going to follow the league. There's eight teams. The rule changes that we will see, the new rules, we're going to go over them in the next coming episode. Um, how will this? How will these rule changes change uh, the NFL this second time around? If you, if you remember the XFL at all, way back in the year, I believe, 2000, when the XFL debuted, um, they had some rule changes. They in- implemented new technologies that the NFL never had and never would have had if it wasn't for the XFL. Um, the Your Skycam, that was introduced by the XFL. Never never before had seen uh, mic'd up players first done by the XFL. So um, a lot of stuff, a lot of exciting stuff. The biggest thing is we're going to be following those big-time name college football players that you remember from the last seven to ten years, that 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 were just those key guys um, for some Power Five schools, some core Temple players that'll be in in the in the league. Um, but yeah, Tony, uh, let's let's hear your thoughts on our new segment. We'll be following over the next February to about the first weekend of May is when their championship is. Yes, I'm very excited for the XFL. Um, I remember when I was uh, 10 years old, no, 9 years old, when the XFL originally debuted, and it was very unique because it was football when there was a time where football was over, and the XFL ran that. And um, there's some fun little things that I remember, such as a, you could have a, a, a slogan or a something on the back of your jersey other than your last name. Um, and like you said, different rules changes, a sky cam, mic'd up players. One thing that I'm going to keep my eye on is players. Wait. Are you going to reveal one of the new rules? No, no. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I'm very interested in to see what players kind of steal the spotlight and then give themselves an opportunity to play in the NFL. Yes. Uh, there was one name. I don't know, Chris, if you remember this name. His name was Tommy Maddox. And he I, I don't know what city he played for in 2000 for the XFL, but due to that one season he had – in um, the XFL, he he was able to get a career with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he played well. F- let's see, three or four years with the Pittsburgh Steelers before a, a guy named Ben Roethlisberger took over. And uh, Tommy Maddox, without the XFL, probably would not have had that opportunity to show his skill set and um, kind of carve his career that way. So, as you said, we're not going to spoil any names yet, but. Um, what an opportunity for some players um, to have. And I'm excited because St. Louis is getting a team 
the Battle Hawks. And uh, we know St. Louis fans will rally around their sports. And I'm excited to see a, what a St. Louis town does with a new football team and a show, the NFL, that we're a football town too. Yes, uh, I think the biggest name that I remember was, uh, I remember his nickname. I don't remember his nickname. I want to say it was, was it Rod Smart? Yes, he hate me. He hate me. Yes. yes. He was the most electric player in, uh, in the entire league. He, I know he got a big chance going into the NFL and, uh, and didn't, didn't uh, disappoint terribly, but he was the most electric player in the league. Uh, but, I mean, if you scroll through the XFL draft, this was 2001. Sorry to correct. I, I did say 2000. Um, but, yeah, uh, they, I mean, they started October 28th uh, to 30th in, in, in 2000 was the draft. But they played in 2001. Um, but this was, uh, I mean, there's not a ton of players you would remember at all from this this draft but the guys that we're going to say next episode you'll you'll recognize some names I must say um, anything yes, else you got for the XFL no I just um, our listeners we've picked up a lot of listeners here in the past handful of weeks and if you like football and you want to continue to listen the XFL Give this give this uh, league a chance. Yes, every single game is nationally televised, so it's uh, it's just a fun atmosphere. Um, no, we are not being paid by the XFL to say this, but um, every game is nationally televised on Saturdays, Sundays. There's uh, four games a weekend, so uh, they're all on either Fox or ESPN. Um, so it it's we'll go through uh, who. We think it's the best team. We'll go through. I actually have XFL gear that I was I got while I was at the bowl game. The XFL Defenders, um, the DC team, the DC Defenders. But uh, there are eight teams, four games a weekend. Um, it'll be uh, a blast to follow. And there's some big names that you remember from college football days that'll be very nostalgic. So that's the biggest thing is nostalgia. College football's done. NFL will be done, but you want some nostalgic football, the XFL is where it's at with a little pizzazz in the uh, electricity. So I got nothing else in the XFL, and we are one minute away from the NFC Championship kicking off, and and Dan and I are about to head to uh, uh, Sports Bar to go watch it. So um, who do you got? A little quick prediction on this game. I think it's 49ers, and the Chiefs just won, so it's going to be 49ers-Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and I'm going 49ers. Jimmy G wins the Super Bowl. MVP. I'm going to go on the other side. I want an Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, Super Bowl, little State Farm action, and I'm going to go Mahomes with the Super Bowl champ. Mahomes. Also, speaking of picks, Tony and I, our final records are in. I am 26-14 for bowl season. You are 24-16 for bowl season. Uh, What a great one that was. We'll be tweeting that out, and uh, uh, the winner will get a retweet. That's me. Yes. Enjoy your retweet. (laughs) Yep. We're going to look again. Go follow us, please. We're going to look to grow our – we're going to look to get over 100 followers before the end of the XFL season. 
that'd be that's a great goal. Yeah, maybe uh, to a thousand. The way our listeners are piling up, but we might get that. Yeah, well, let's try to get to the big two zero first. We're sitting at twelve right now, so. Uh, <laughs> Give us a share. Give us a retweet. Um, but thanks for listening. Uh, the, that's that's it for episode 22. Shout out again to Lilker Associates in uh, Manhattan, New York City. Uh, go Owls. Go Red Hawks. Peace.